That is Clay and Marcy Irwin. They uh, generally attend our 11 o'clock contemporary worship service and uh, just a wonderful blessing and addition to our church family. We are uh, in a series called All In. Today is going to be our last day uh, in this series. And when we hear the words all in, sometimes we think of I've got to be all in. I've got to do more. I'm not doing enough. And I um, don't want us to go down that road of thinking as we think of these words all in. Uh, we're talking about all in, not so much rooted in human effort, uh, but really rooted in human surrender. To be all in means that I'm willing to let go of everything and give all of my life over to God. I'm willing to give my, my time to God. I'm willing to give my energy, my mental energy, my physical energy uh, to God. I'm willing to give uh, my money to God. I'm willing to let God be in charge of everything in my life, my relationships, even the disposition of my heart in the seasons of life that are not easy. I'm willing to say, God, I give myself to you. That's what it means to be all in. And so when you think of all in, think about saying, God, I'm letting it all go to you. I'm giving everything to you. It's really rooted in faith. And it's rooted in placing our faith and our trust in God and in Jesus Christ. When we talk about all in and being transformed, all in and transformation, we're saying that, that we recognize that God wants to change us. And that often God does that and he forges and fashions us and shapes us into the image of Christ that God made you to bear. And he often does that in the midst of the struggle of life to allow him to do that. Uh, we've talked about all in in relationships, how it, it's not only that we're called to know God, but to be known by God and not just to have an individual only relationship with God, but that we're called and meant to share in relationship and fellowship with one another, to have a, a certain group of people or a few people that we trust and that trust us that we can open ourselves up to in a good and right and holy and God ordained way. We've talked about being all in in servant in service and how we're called to see ourselves as servants uh, in the same way that you would see yourself as a son or a daughter of God in the same way that we sometimes say that I am a worshiper. We also can say I am a servant. That's part of my very identity as a human being, as a child of God, is that I'm a servant created in Christ Jesus for good works. And today we're going to finish it up by talking about and focusing on being all in uh, in generosity, to be all in in generosity. In the days of the early church, the disciples had received the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God empowered and enabled them to do many things to produce the fruit of such spirit. And one of such fruit is highlighted in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. And it says, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Glad and generous hearts. Most pastors don't like to talk about generosity because generosity is most likely connected to money. And most people do not like pastors talking about money. Why is that? Well, there's probably several reasons, but one is because money tends to represent the things that we love the most, the things that we cling to the most in life. 
Jesus himself says in Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, your what? Your heart will be also. There is a connection, a spiritual connection between our wallets, our bank accounts, our Venmo accounts, or whatever they may be, and our hearts. They are connected. Generosity is a matter of the heart. We see that word heart in both of our passages today, that they had generous and glad hearts, and that where our treasure is, our heart will be, or where our heart will be, our treasure is. And so we come to this first connection that generosity is a heart thing. Generosity is a heart thing. I've said this in this series before, that when I think of the word all in, I think of this poker motif. And you kind of have this uh, ESPN, you know, I don't know why ESPN does poker, uh, like that's a sport or something, but it is, you know, uh, you got you to entertain. And so anyway, and so it's kind of this sense of pushing the chips to the middle of the table. So, well, and I want to I wanna just bring that to the forefront of you today and uh, pull out something that we have here in my family. And I got a picture to show you here. This is one of the, the pictures of the Barclay family. We get real serious sometimes. And uh, there should be another one up there. I want to make sure everybody's included. There we go. So uh, every now and then we have poker night at the Barclay house. And, uh, you know, for us, it's, it's all fun and games for the most part. And, and so, you know, we have these chips here. And every time we get together, we have to remember, now, are these worth five and these, these three and these one? We have to kind of make assignments for, for what color is, is worth what. And, you know, in the Barclay house, these chips, they really just represent winning. They, they represent bragging rights and personal pride. When the game is over... Everybody's chips go back into the box. The box goes back into the closet. Nobody is richer. Nobody's poorer. Most people are just kind of mad that they didn't win. Okay? I don't know why we think this is a good idea in our house, but that's what we love to do every now and then. And uh, it's really just kind of about our own personal pride. But in real life, this represents something else, doesn't it? In real life, this can represent dollars and cents and because it can represent dollars and cents it can represent the things that our hearts long for this is our currency in life isn't it you know they say that money cannot buy you happiness but that does not keep us from trying does it for some currency represents status if i can just buy those fancier clothes, if I can just get that nicer car, if I could just live in that, in that newer and nicer home, then, then my status will elevate in relation to those around me. And because of that, I will feel better about myself. I will feel like I actually am worth more if I have more. Currency representing status. For others, this currency represents a sense of security. If, if I can just get enough of this, then, then I won't have to 
to trust God to provide for me. That's why some of us went and bought the, those lottery tickets this last week, trying to cash in on the one point whatever billion dollars, right? You don't have to raise your hands. It's okay. We just all know we want a little more of that stuff, don't we? And it makes us feel secure. And, and it makes me feel like, yes, it doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm insulated and, and I don't have to worry about God providing for all my needs because I've already got everything I need financially right here. And third, for some, this currency represents comfort. You know, the, the person who, who, who seeks comfort the most, whose heart is connected to comfort, they may, they may forego status. They may not care what people think about them. They may forego security. They, they don't care if there's going to be enough in the bank at the end of the day. They just want something to comfort them right now. And we see this all the time. We insulate ourselves from the hardship and challenges and perhaps even inconveniences of life and the world that we live in. Oh, the temptations of thinking that the goal of life is just to be comfortable or to be secure or to have status. How much of our economy is driven by a desire for these three things? Status, security, and comfort. How much of our hearts long for these three? Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. A generous heart is one that is free from the false gods of status, security, and comfort. A, a generous heart is one that realizes that our real status is in Jesus Christ. That our real comforter is the Holy Spirit. That our real security is in who God is in our lives. That He is our status, comfort, and security. And that frees us to become generous people. If you want generosity in your heart, then pray for faith. If you want generosity in your heart, then pray to have a heart like God's. Why? Because the very foundation of today's message is that our God is a generous God. Our God is a generous God. He is not a stingy God. The ultimate goal today is not to simply come to a place in our church where we raise enough money to meet our church's annual budget. The ultimate goal is to become who God made us to be. And God, by His very nature, is generous. Generosity is one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Generosity flows from the very character of God. But the more difficult question that we have to ask ourselves is, do we believe it? Do you believe that God is really generous? This has been the hardest question ever since Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve believed that God was holding out on them. They believed that God was holding back on them. And then they took the fruit from the tree of knowledge. That's the challenge we all face, isn't it? Is God really a good God? Is He really a generous God? What you believe about that, not here, but here, where your heart is, 
That will reflect how you and I live our lives. Jesus tells a story about a man who uh, has a lot of land and a lot of property, and he, he's going away for a while. And so he entrusts some of his talents or his, his currency, if you will, to three of his servants. To one, he gives five talents. To the second, he gives two. And to the third, he gives one. And so to the first two, uh, they took the talents that were entrusted to them, and they went and invested those talents. They, they went and, and, and put them to good use while the third one hid his in the ground. When it came time for the servants to give an account for their talents, the master comes to the third servant, and the third servant says to him, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, so I hid your talents into the ground. Now, whether he was really believing that or not, whatever it was, he did not believe something about his master. He did not fully believe in the goodness and the generosity of his master. So he took what was entrusted unto him and he hoarded it and he held on to it and he buried it. If we believe that God is a generous God, then we are more likely to be generous. But if we believe that our God is a hard man, if he's a hard master, if we believe that God is stingy, then we are more likely to be stingy. Our faith and understanding of who God is will bear itself out in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we are or are not reflecting His generosity. So ultimately, this comes down to faith and to what we really think that God is like. What this means and how this bears out in our lives is we've looked at all these false ways of gaining status and comfort and security in our world. We've seen how God is truly a good and generous God. And so that leaves us with this question of how are we going to live our lives? Are we going to grab for ourselves and cling? Are we going to cling to God and allow Him to order all of our lives, including our financial life? To be generous means that sometimes we have to say no to these things to say yes to God. To go all in on Jesus means that you have to say no to other options. We talked about that last week when we talked about our time and our mental and physical energy. You can't do it all, right? Most of us are trying to do more than what God made us to do. That's why we're exhausted. Most people are spending more money than God wants them to spend. That's why so many people are in debt out of control. This is the world we live in. We must learn to say no. Saying no can free a person in so many ways. It is ultimately something that you and the Holy Spirit need to work out. So I invite you to take this today, go home, pray to God, talk to the people that are closest to you that you may share bank accounts with and have some good, healthy, holy conversations. But here's a good place to start in case you're looking for some possible places to say no to so that you can say yes to God. If you pay more to your car payment than you do to God, then that might be something worth praying about. 
If you pay more to your children's extracurricular activities than you do to God, that is something you can pray and have conversation about. If you pay more in eating out than you do to God, then that might be something worth reconsidering in your life. What else might God be calling you to let go of so that you can embrace Him and His generosity in your life? How is He calling you to say no so that you can say yes to Him? One of the ways that gets reflected is by our commitment here at this church. And I left mine in my seat, so I'm going to come down and grab it. I don't want to invite you to pull out your commitment cards if you have one. You may have received one of these in the mail if you're on our mailing list. And if you got a bulletin today, hopefully you have one of these. All in my commitment. I will be all in for God through my prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness in 2019 is what this says. So I want to invite you to take this and hold this in your hand and take a look at this. And as you hold this card, let us pray that God would, would just bring to our heart and to our mind a sense of gratitude, but also a sense of generosity. We give people every year an opportunity to make a commitment. And every year that helps us as church leaders to remember, or as a church as a whole, to remember the financial dimension of our work together as a church family. And as a part of that, we ask the question, what, do, what effect does it mean to be all in here at First United Methodist Church? What does that really look like? Well, it means that we continue together every week to worship God and to praise Jesus. It means that we come together to remember who God is and what God has done for us. We need that in our lives, don't we? We need to gather together. We do that through song, sacrament, through the preaching of the word. It means that we continue to raise up children to be followers of Jesus. It means that we continue to equip youth so that they will have faith that will last. It means we continue to reach out to minister to college students to build up their faith in this critical season of their lives. It means that we honor people and minister to their families when loved ones pass away. It means that we continue to preach and teach the gospel, to plant and nurture the seeds of faith in the hearts of people in a world that threatens to distract and destroy faith. It means that we continue to feed hungry people on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays for lunch, as well as children at Bayless Elementary on the weekends. It means that People get meals at Thanksgiving, at Christmas that they would not have gotten otherwise. It means that people with dementia and Alzheimer's are ministered to while their loved ones get a, a reprieve every week. It means that children in poor neighborhoods will hear about the love of Jesus for them in an after-school program. It means that people who have been temporarily homeless will have a better chance of becoming self-sustaining. This is a picture of how being all in bears fruit right here at First United Methodist Church, Lubbock, Texas. Does it mean that we're perfect? No. Does it mean that we cannot improve? No. 
Does it mean that we don't have challenges ahead of us? No. But it is a commitment to God and a commitment, therefore, to this church family, to our ministry in the kingdom of God and in Lubbock, Texas, and beyond. All of this, my friends, all of this is rooted in the very love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you more than you know. And He gave the greatest currency that He could give. His very life. There's no greater way of going all in than our God who gave His only begotten Son. And He went all in on you. He gave everything for us. What is our response going to be to Him with our lives, with our hearts, with our money, with our time, with our energy, with everything that we are? So as a part of that response, I now want to invite you to take this card and to hold it in front of you. And we're going to have a time of reflection. And I have a few questions I want to ask you. Where is your treasure and therefore your heart? How is Jesus inviting you to place your trust in Him with your financial resources? Here in a few minutes, those two questions are going to be on the screen. And you're going to have a chance to take this card and to look at it. Now, some of you may have already turned this in. Some of you have already made your pledge online at fumc.com slash giving. If you have, great. I invite you today to come forward during our Holy Communion time and just place a blank card in the basket. Some of you may need some more time to think and pray about this. That's okay. I invite you to take it home. Pray about it. Fill it out accordingly. There's an envelope there. You can send it in or you can go online later on this week and fill in your information. But some of you, God may be calling right now to put something down and to say, God, as an act of faith in your generosity, not as manipulation, not as guilt, not as functionalism, not as utilitarianism, but as a simple act of worship in you and remembrance of what you've done for me, I'm going to give to you. What is God leading and calling you to do. And so you'll be invited to come, and, and we have two cards. We have our Connect card, and we have this card, and you'll just place both of those in this basket during a Holy Communion time here in just a few minutes. The questions are on the screen. Let us pray and reflect on what God might be saying to us. Would you pray with me? Lord, would you give us glad and generous hearts today? Would you give us faith and a heart for you? Come, Holy Spirit, and show us what it means to be all in. Help us to remember and to know how you went all in for us. And let us have a joyful, worshipful, grateful response as an act of worship of you today. Come, Holy Spirit, and be with us.